Luke 18, beginning in verse 1. Here's what Luke records. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and never give up. He said, in a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared about men. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, Grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, Even though I don't fear God or care about men, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice, so she won't eventually wear me out with her coming. And the Lord said, Listen to what the unjust unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who keep crying out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. There's a phrase that you often hear in the Swan House, and the phrase is, the fair comes in October. The fair comes in October. And what phrase do you think we hear first and then respond to that with? We, we hear the complaint, what? It's not fair. It's not fair. Anyone who's spent any amount of time with children knows that that's a, a common complaint. It's not fair. And so in our house, we just say, well, the fair comes in October, which is great, except um, when it's October. <laughs> and then our kids are like, this is like the year of Jubilee, baby. You know, whatever we want, we get. And we kind of work through and explain that. But I was thinking about the fact that using the fair comes in October as an expression to help them deal with what they perceive to be the unfairnesses in their life is somewhat ironic. Um, if you've ever been to the fair and played any of the games there, uh, do they often feel fair? They kind of don't, right? Like the basketball goal is kind of tilted or something or it's slightly not big enough or the little bottles that you're trying to throw the rings on if they have that game. It's like you need this divine intervention for that thing to fall on there. And, and it happens just enough to keep you coming back, right? The fair is kind of like Las Vegas. Uh, the house always wins, but they let you think you're winning every now and then. But it's okay for you. We go to games like that, and we kind of know what the deal is. We're like, all right, I'm going to kick in a certain amount of money. We're going to have a good time at the fair tonight. And if we walk away with the uh, oversized teddy bear, great. If not, that's okay too. But in life, um, in matters that are much more important to us, in things that are much more significant, us dealing with what we perceive to be unfairness and injustice um, is, is much more important and critical to us, is it not? And here's the case. Um, all of us in life eventually are going to go through things that are not fair and do not seem just to us. It's not so much a matter of if, it's more a matter of when. And in those moments when you and I walk through those seasons of difficulty and hardship, um, that often where we placed our faith is, is revealed in kind of the terms that we understand that undergird our relationship with God and our experience in the world are often revealed. 
And so Jesus tells this parable about prayer, and he tells it for a specific reason, he says, so that we would know that we should always pray and not lose heart, which necessarily means that there are going to be seasons in your life when you are um, tempted to give up on praying, where you're going to be so overwhelmed with the hardships that you face that, that you kind of think, all right, what's the point? Why, why, keep, why keep praying? And so Jesus tells this parable to um, illustrate why it is that you and I continue to pray in those seasons. And he, he's arguing from the lesser to the greater. It's important that you, you understand that as you walk through this parable. Jesus is not saying he's like the unrighteous judge or that God is. But he's, he's working from this lesser principle of way, the way things work in the world to help us understand better how things work in the kingdom. And so he says there's this widow who comes to this unjust judge. And widows, even today, but especially in Jesus' day, were particularly vulnerable. Um, They didn't have as much of a support system around them to help advocate for them. And so this widow comes to this unjust judge, and she is determined. She will not be um, swayed from, from coming and bringing her complaint. And the judge eventually gives in. The judge eventually yields. Not because he's righteous or because he fears God or cares about men, but because he's worn out. Now, those of you who are here who have children or you've been around children, um, you understand how this works. There's the initial no. And then there's a second plea. Please, please. Please, 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 please. And finally, it's not because you love the kid or maybe even because what you're doing is good for them, but you just get worn out. You're like, yes, if this will make you be quiet, here. Right? And that's the picture you get of this, this woman coming and pleading for justice to this judge. She just keeps coming and he says, fine, finally, yes, leave me alone. And then he turns the parable and and he makes us think about about God. And he says, if if earthly judges work in this way and they almost have to be pestered to answer your prayers or to give you a response, shouldn't it be true to us or obvious to us that God doesn't work in that way? That God loves us as a heavenly father. He treats us as his children and he wants us to come to him In the matter of success or failure in our estimation of prayer is not dependent upon how well we've prayed or how much we've prayed or if we did it the right way. And it's especially important that we know that when we're walking through really hard and difficult seasons. And I can tell you this, I've only been your pastor for a little bit over a year and a half. And I've already spent enough time with people who are walking through things that seem to be um, incredibly unjust and unfair and and seen them wrestle with how to understand prayer in the face of those kind of situations. And there can be this frustration of, hey, just tell me what prayer to pray or tell me that I'm praying enough. And there's this this vacillation that happens in those kind of situations. And some of you, you know this because you've, you've walked through it before or you currently are. 
I was talking to some of the youth in Sunday school this morning about this. But if you think that if you just prayed enough, and maybe God would hear your prayers, or if you just prayed well enough or the right things, and it doesn't pan out, how do you feel about yourself? Terrible, right? It's like if I was just more righteous, or if I just prayed enough, or if I just said the right words, then maybe this would have turned out the right way. Or if you think that you did, if you think you prayed enough and you said the right things and it should have turned out and it doesn't, you're no longer mad at yourself, but you're mad at whom? You're mad at God. Or you say, why in the world did the Lord not answer my prayer in the way that he should have? Why in the world was he not just? And there can be in either situation this experience of faith that just totally wears you out and causes you to ask the question, well, why am I doing this to begin with? Right? And Jesus comes to us in this parable, and, and I think I think the parable is meant to, to remind us that God is just and he is righteous and he hears our prayers and that ultimately one day in this life or in the life to come, God will, will vindicate those who are righteous and innocent and those who are wicked and evil and against him, one day they will get their due. And in the meantime, our response or our call is not to, um, not to give up, not to lose heart, but to continue to take one step, put one foot in front of the other, faithfully pursuing the Lord in prayer together. And sometimes it's going to work out that we feel like we see our prayers answered in ways that are consistent with what we've prayed and that bring justice. And I bet if we went around this room this morning, there would be some of you who would say, I have prayed for things. And I've seen God's hand at work in miraculous ways. Is that correct? Some of you would say that. And in those moments, we, we have opportunity to praise God and to rejoice at the goodness that we've seen at his hand. And experience in those moments where we, we were like, thank you, Lord, for this very tangible answer to prayer. And then I'm guessing that there's other experiences that you've had where you've prayed for those things and it hasn't worked out. You are left wondering why. And in those moments, I think ultimately God reveals to us that, that we're not um, wise enough. And ultimately in his mysterious providence for reasons that I can't begin to explain to you, that the Lord is about the work of continuing to further his kingdom. And he uses our response in those moments, I think, to point people to the unseen realities that are ultimately our joy and our value and where our hope is ultimately placed. You see, if, if the Lord was just kind of um, a genie in the sky for us, and everything that we ask, um, everything that we wanted him to do in our lives, he did, it would make, in some ways, our, our faith more shallow, and it would also bind our hearts, I think, even more to, to this world and the things of this life. And in those moments where you and I walk forward in faith, even when we can't understand why, even when everything seems 
to be incredibly unjust and unright in those moments. Um, there is an opportunity for us to point people to the deeper realities of where our hope is located. And for me, when I walk with people who are walking through grief and hardship and their faith continues to be strong in the Lord, even in the face of incredible difficulty, in those moments so often their, their faith is more powerful and it's a testimony to the fact that, that ultimately their hope is not in this life. In each of us in this room, there's this unconvenient truth that we have to wrestle with from time to time. That if Christ does not come back first, um, 100% of us in this room will pass from this life, correct? It's not if, it's when. And it might be that you have to do it for me, or it might be that I have to do it for you, or all of us for each other. And when those seasons of life come, and when those really hard things come, you and I have an opportunity to surround each other and to pray for each other. And when we see our prayers answered, to glorify God for that. And when we don't see them answered in the ways that we think they ought to be, that we remind each other that everything in this life is transitory and passing. And ultimately, our hope is in things that we can't see. And that God's good and gracious character will ultimately be revealed as his plans and his purposes come to pass, either in this life or in the life to come. And one of the great things about the Bible is that the Bible is not um, unaware of this experience of life. It's beautiful that God has given us the scriptures, especially the Psalms. If you read through the Psalms and you pay attention... You are encouraged by the witness of believers who've gone before you, um, who've experienced real hard and difficult things in this life, and even question whether or not God's awake, question whether or not he's going to bring his purposes to pass. And ultimately, there is usually this resolution of that struggle to say, even though I don't see it in this moment, I, I can trust that one day God will bring justice to the earth, both for me and for others that I see struggling. So I want to encourage you in part this morning, as you're walking through difficult seasons and as you're walking with others, one, to feel this freedom to be honest with the Lord about how you feel. Um, there's nothing that you're going to say ultimately to God that hasn't been said or felt by some other believer, either reflected in scripture or reflected in the history of the church where they've walked through really difficult, hard seasons and not tried to pretend like everything was good. Um, sometimes things are not good, correct? And some things, sometimes things are not as they should be here. And you and I have this walk of faith where we live between the already but the not yet. That already Christ has died on the cross, already he's been buried, already he's raised from the dead, already he sits at the right hand of God the Father in the position of power and authority. That is true, but his kingdom has not yet fully come on earth. And so you and I join with all the saints that have gone before us in this task of, of faithfully walking toward and following the Lord in the midst of hardship, in the midst of things that aren't as they will be in heaven, and we together cry out to the Lord to be at work. We point each other to the ultimate source of our hope, 
things that we can't see in this life. And as we do that, um, the Lord, I think, uses our life and our witness to be a testimony to the fact that, that we're not here um, for God just because of the things that he gives us. We're not here in our relationship with the Lord just because it always pans out. We're not here. Um, being a Christian is not a get out of suffering and hardship card, correct? It's not. But it is this declaration that God will never leave us or forsake us. And even some of the most difficult and hard things that you and I walk through, God's going to use that ultimately for his good purposes and for his glory. And we won't always know why. That passage from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, I think, is um, one that's helpful for us in this regard. If you were the Apostle Paul, would you have turned back from your missionary journey? If you were the Apostle Paul, would you have been like, maybe I heard God's voice incorrectly. <laughs> maybe I felt called to this ministry, but maybe I was wrong. Because Paul's life, after he came to know Christ and lived for him, is really just hardship after hardship. Things just kind of went from bad to worse often. He ministered to people that didn't get it and didn't live faithfully in the local churches. So always read the Paul's letters and know, like, hey, it's always been tough in the fallen world. But Paul says that he could, he could live in that kind of world and not lose heart and not lose courage ultimately because he believed most fully in the unseen realities of our faith. And he believed in them so fully that he could experience hard things in this life and count them as light and momentary compared to the eternal weight of glory that all of us will experience through our faith in Christ. I'm going to read that passage for you just one more time. And I'm going to start reading in chapter 4, verse 7. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not broke, driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus might also be manifested in our bodies. For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life in you. Since then we have the same spirit of faith according to what has been written. I believed and so I spoke. We also believe and so also we speak. Knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence. For it is all for your sake, so that as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. Verse 16. So we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. Things that are seen are transient. Things that are unseen are eternal. So just going to encourage you today. Um, as you walk through this life and as you seek to be faithful to who God's called you to be, just remember that, that God's 
agreement with you is not ease of life in this life. That you're going to experience hardship and difficulty and trial. Sometimes you're going to pray and God's going to deliver you from it in the way that you expected. And sometimes he's going to seem to be silent in your life. And when you see him at work, be careful to praise and acknowledge him for his goodness. And when those moments come where it seems like he's not listening or he's not answering your prayers, um, know that his character is the same in all those seasons. And it's okay um, to pray openly and honestly to the Lord about how you feel. And then also to, to allow those seasons to point you past the things of this life to where your real eternal hope is located. Um, and that nothing in this life will ever ultimately separate you from God's good purposes um, and never separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus. So it's a reminder, too, that, that we need each other, don't we? We need each other to remind each other of those things. One day you might have to remind me when I'm walking through my hardship. Um, one day I might have to remind you. And as you and I cling to this belief in what we can't see, in the reality of our resurrection hope, God is glorified in us, both in our good days and our challenging days. He's conforming us more into the image of Jesus so that he might be glorified in us and our joy in him might ultimately be more full. I invite you to pray with me. God, we confess to you that, that so often We treat you in prayer as if you're unjust and we have to bother you enough that you would answer our prayers. Um, and Lord, we pray that you would help us to have a more accurate picture of who you are. That we would come to you in prayer and intercession because we believe that you are a good and gracious God, that you are a righteous judge who hears. And as we see your hand at work, obviously on display, help us to to glorify you, help us to praise you accordingly. And in those seasons where, where it seems like evil will prevail, Lord, we pray that you would remind us that, that though everything in this life, even our health, even our own lives be stripped from us, one thing we can be sure of is that your love for us has not been removed. And that ultimately not even death can separate us from your purposes coming to pass. Make us people of deep and abiding faith who love you and who encourage each other in these truths. We offer this prayer in the name of your Son, our Savior, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Um, we offer a time of response every Sunday. And so if you've never publicly made a